0: it's live show number one because the NFL season has started and I mean anytime Yanni's got his chain on and you jump on live I mean what else could you ask for I feel like there should be some kind of sound effect to go with that Yanni. it was like the visuals good but <laughs> can, you, can you edit this I know we're
1: live but can you do a little bling something in there Pew!
0: boom what do we gotta do? I do have a I, I uploaded this here we go ready this is... Now do it.
2: <laughs>
0: that's the that's the best I've got, man.
2: <laughs> For now.
0: Uh, I like it. JJ with the Bills support going on as well. What's happening, JJ?
2: Feeling it. Feeling the love tonight. Gotta love the Bills in prime time, especially, uh, especially given what we just saw this weekend.
0: Yeah, man. It should be fun. So... We're gonna, uh, we will at the end wrap up with some thoughts and picks on Bills and Jets for tonight. So we'll close it out that way. But uh, before then, we are going to uh, talk a little bit about uh, what we saw on Sunday and maybe Thursday, and then want to get ahead of the lines. That's a big uh, reason why I want to do this show on Monday nights this year is to get ahead of the lines as they move. We'll talk about the line movement that's already happened. And see where the guys are at, but let's uh, let's start with what we've already seen. It was a football Sunday. We can at least say that for it, and a football Thursday. JJ, as you think about what you saw, uh, is there stuff that sticks out? Like, you know, I'd message you guys. Like, you can always react to everything, but there's a lot of noise, especially in week one, and so it's kind of like trying to discern what is it that actually maybe matters. What do you, what did you see that you think might actually matter, JJ?
2: I mean obviously you're going to hear everywhere and, you know, we live by it too. You're not going to overreact in week one. Although I will say just by some pure numbers, um, you know, there is some, you know, significant markups or markdowns on a few teams, you know, on my end. And some of it probably has to do with, you know, some injuries or, or whatnot, like you'll see with Cleveland in um, the offensive line. But the takeaways are some of these bottom feeder type teams, you know, and you'll see it float around 0-3, uh, straight up, zero three against the spread for the for the rookie, you know, QBs right out of the gates. Um, but yeah. oddly enough, and here's a guy. I'm, this is coming from a guy who watched Sunday's action on on Red Zone with you know one of the local games on another TV. Um, so you're not going to get a full. I watched every snap type of breakdown. But these some of these bottom feeders were super competitive with one another. Um, you can go as as far as Indianapolis and such now. You know, are you going to bite into the fact that, you know, their game with the quarterback or is their defense going to be more of a liability down the stretch? And then you have to ask some questions about Jacksonville, even though I think we're all very bullish on them. Um, That was a very interesting game. I think a week and a half ago uh, when we did the kind of the look ahead for week one, which, you know, not the four month in advance look ahead to week one. But, you know, something more relevant with kind of injuries and everything baked into it. Um, one of the games that I thought was going to be the most interesting, and this was what I had on the side in the one o'clock window, was San Francisco at Pittsburgh. I thought that was going to be one of the more interesting games of the week. Um, and t- for to me, it was, you know, wondering if I was too high on San Francisco. Um, it's just one game, but, you know, it turned out to be less of an interesting game and more of a, wow, OK, statement in one direction or another. So both of those games were pretty interesting um and then surprisingly what uh new orleans and tennessee just being kind of really ugly um, but competitive in the wrong direction um that was kind of interesting for new orleans i think probably let a few people down um not us with with yanni's teaser and everything
0: yeah yeah i want to i want to push in on that jacksonville indianapolis game a little bit because that was one that i had written down in terms of some some notes and mm-hmm. I, it So going into the season, the concern for me with Jacksonville, I mean, I think as we talked, it's the offensive line and it's the defense. And those questions are still big questions for me after watching that game. I mean, it's nice that they scored 14 points in five minutes or whatever it was at the end of the game to kind of seal that thing but it, it was rough watching in the first half where you have a quarterback who you know is not likely to pass the ball more than 10 yards down the field, and he's probably going to run the ball a lot and be conservative, Conservative, and Jacksonville still struggled to stop Indianapolis. That, I mean, yeah. if you can't stop Anthony Richardson in a vanilla Colts offense, I mean, you run into Mahomes next week even if he doesn't have any receivers. Uh, it, it makes me a little concerned for, for the Jags bets for sure. Yanni, you have thoughts on uh, on that that game, Jags in particular.
1: Well, you, I think you nailed it. I don't think I need to add much. You had brought up a while ago the concerns, especially on the defensive side of the ball. I think their offensive line will be okay. Um, you know, for a minute they lost Brandon Scherf in that game, and yes. that would have been really bad. But he was able to come back. Um, you know, they'll eventually get Cam Robinson back here in a couple of games. So I think their offensive line will be okay. I think their offense in general will be fine. But. You know, that defense is a little leaky there and and you said it and it's, you know, Josh Allen had a great game for that Jags defense, but he was kind of a one man wrecking crew out there. He didn't have a whole lot of help. So I think you're right. You look at that Colts offense. They had no running backs. I mean, realistically, what they have, Michael Pittman out there as far as skill, skill position. And like you said, I mean, they moved the ball. I mean, Richardson looked pretty good. Um, you know, at times in that game. So I think that is that is a little bit concerning. And again, it's kind of, it, it's a little bit of what we talked with the, with the Jags in general, that they should be able to handle business in the AFC South, but are they ready to compete with uh, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the the Bills, the Dolphins, you know, the, the Bengals, those elite teams in the AFC, are they there? And, and that defense, I mean, I think you're right. It's still a little bit of a question.
0: Yeah, it's a little scary. Uh, was there anything else, Yanni? As you you think back on Sunday, Thursday, whatever, that sticks out as as something that, like, is an indicator to you for more than just one week that that moving forward means something. Yeah, a, a little bit. Um, you know,
1: some of those things you think are probably. Anomalies or maybe one-week things. I mean, I don't worry too much about the Bengals. I mean, obviously, their offense looked horrendous, but I they're going to get that figured out. I'm not too worried about that. I think, you know, you look at some of those type things and you say, yeah, hey, it's probably more of a one-week thing. It, as far as some of, I guess, the more disappointing things I saw, it, you know, the Seahawks have to be one of the huge disappointments there. And, you know, maybe it's because I was yeah. high on them coming into the season, but to be hosting a team without their their best wide receiver and to let guys we've never heard of just basically, you know, Stafford threw the ball all over them. And then, you know, defensively, you know, that offense should be good in Seattle. It really should. And I mean, they just, they, they didn't have it. I mean, they couldn't throw the ball. They couldn't really run the ball. So I think that, you know, to me, that's a little more of a long-term concern for me. I, you know, maybe they'll get that figured out but I definitely have some some concerns there. And, and I think the other, I don't want to say concern, but the Denver Broncos defense, I think, you know, you, you look, and I mean, we got to give a little bit of credit to the Raiders. I mean, they played well. Garoppolo, I thought, played a, a nice game from what I was able to see. You know, he was able to kind of command the offense. But they couldn't get off the field. And you look at that Denver defense, and, you know, they've got pass rushers. They've got a secondary. Why couldn't they get off the field? So, you know, you wonder, is that a, a scheme thing? Was it just a one-week thing? I don't know, but I think Seattle and Denver, mm. you know, I'm a little worried on, on their ends there uh, for them. We'll see. And then on the opposite side, just on the positive side, um, we talked about it in the offseason, that Browns defense being improved. And yes, I realize, you know, weather wasn't good. We know Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason. I mean, you know, all that. So I I, I don't I don't want to read too much into it, but I think what we saw was exactly what we talked about. And that's Miles Garrett having some help um, and seeing what he and that defense can do with some help. And they clearly, uh, you know, own the line of scrimmage there. And and obviously their secondary played really well. And, you know, last couple of things I'll, I'll say. Obviously, we saw what the Dolphins' offense did. Defense came up clutch when they needed to. I think that is something that's interesting. Although, I think when you delve into that game, we're going to see that maybe that was a little more of a reflection on the Chargers than anything. Um, we can talk about that later, I'm sure. But it, you know, but the last one I want to bring up, though, is, and I hate to say it, but it's the Patriots. And, you know, they gave the Eagles all uh-huh. that they could handle in that game. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I figured we talked about their defense probably being a top Five six type unit in the league, which I think they legitimately can be. Um, I think they made that Philly offense look very pedestrian. Um, you know, it, I, I mean, they held him about as in check as you can. Um, and, you know, the fact that they were able to get some offense going, Mac Jones looked pretty good. If I'm a Patriots fan, I'm feeling pretty good. 0 1. They've got a really important game this week with the Dolphins. And I mean, You know, all of a sudden you look at that and people are like, oh, they're so high in Miami. But are we sure that New England maybe is not the team we should be watching that one? So those are just a few of my kind of wrap up week week one thoughts.
0: Uh, I hate that you have to say that about the Patriots, but I can't disagree. I was watching that game and I was like, man, this defense is filthy. I will say it felt like the Eagles were flat to me. Sure. Uh, generally and it's week one and I felt like we saw that across the board I mean I even had messaged you guys in the early window it was like seven out of eight games went under I think or something or or were slated to um so I think there was a, a lot that was kind of flat um in that you know, on the on the first Sunday but the Patriots were definitely uh looked way better their offense looked better than I thought it would like Mac Jones throwing yeah. to nobody and it looked okay so um The one thing I'm going to come back around to just real quick is the Browns. This is one that I'd written down. This team could be really good. What's up, Shady? There he is. Uh, I think this team, like you talked about the defense and the offensive weapons are there. I mean, Nick Chubb averaged 5.9 yards per carry. Again, he's over five yards per carry. Um, But Watson, like even when Watson was completing passes, I mean, he almost got Amari Cooper hurt throwing behind him the one time and Cooper stayed down for a little bit he could come around, but I was not impressed at all by his performance in that game, even though they won the game. And so I think that that team's going to be good because of their defense, but um, Watson didn't come out. You know, there's all this talk of, Oh, he was off for so long and it's game one of the season, but he didn't come out to me and go like, Oh, there's Watson again. It was more like, Oh, he looks like he still sucks. So we
1: may, we may never see the Watson that we saw in his first two years. I mean, that, that just may never exist again. He's got to prove it at this point.
0: Yep yeah for sure all right well that's um uh, looking back let's uh let's start talking through these games for week two and we can you know dive into some more than others depending on how interested you are what i'm going to do to set it up is uh and we can double check these lines as we go but i wrote down the line on uh let's see what time was that uh sunday morning at 8 a.m so before those sunday games and then again Uh, Monday morning so this morning and we can double check to make sure they haven't moved further but let's talk first about the Thursday night game Minnesota goes to Philly Uh, this line moved from Philly minus seven to minus seven and a half so I mean not a big move but somewhat significant coming off of that seven and then it was it stayed at 48 and a half in terms of the over under Uh, Yanni I know you've had some thoughts about this game already (laughs) I think so uh, what do you think about where that number stands, what you like, and do you think that line moves from there this week?
1: You know, I'm not sure how much this line's going to move just because it's kind of sitting at that spot. I think it's going to hover around that, you know, seven, seven and a half type spot would be my guess. Um, it, but you know, I, I, gotta tell you though, I, and, and I hate to say this tasty. I really do, but you we say saw whatever what, you need to. well, we saw what the Eagles did last year to Minnesota and, I don't see a lot of reason as to why that would be much different this year. Um, and, and you know, you kind of mentioned the Eagles looking a little bit flat in, in week one. Sometimes you need that first game to kind of get going, and sometimes it's a little bit of a wake-up where, okay, maybe we're not amazing and we actually have to get out here and try, right? So, you know, you kind of look at that, and then you just look at the matchup. I just don't think it's a good matchup for the Vikings. I think they really – they've got their hands full. So, um, you know, when, when you look at that there, I I think it's tough. I mean, honestly, that's a big number in the NFL when you're talking about laying a touchdown plus, but I, I have a feeling this game could get a little bit out of hand. And if you don't like that, which I understand, you know, we know Kirk cousins tends to play in close games. I think actually the Eagles game was one of the few last year that wasn't close, but you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but That number is obviously sitting perfectly for a teaser. Uh, You got a home team that basically would just need to win at that point. So I think to me, I'm looking at teasing that game for sure. I already have teased that game. Um, And, you know, I'll probably end up betting the Eagles against the spread as well. But I just I hate to say it. I, I don't really see a big path to victory for the Vikings in that game.
0: JJ, I know that you are big on the Vikings in this game. Tell us why.
2: Uh, I've already teased them and to Shady's comment here about Detroit and San Francisco. No, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, uh, quite on the level of Yanni, but I'm, I was willing to do the unauthorized teaser off of seven for Philly and go with San Francisco. So that's what I did with San Francisco and Philly. Um, nonetheless, yeah, I kind of, my, my ratings or at least the net, um, after you work everything out for this game, really didn't end up being any different given the the minor adjustments after week one. So still pretty confident um, above the seven. Um, so I'm with Yanni. Like if I had to pick a side on the seven or even seven and a half, I think I would still lay it with Philadelphia. But yeah, I mean, you ca- you kind of got to wonder if, uh, you know, that knocked the rust off of them, you know, whatever you got to say about the organization, New England and Belichick, you know I mean? They were certainly prepared. Um, for Philly in week one. There's no doubt about it. When we talk about Andy Reid and his offense coming out of the gates or off a of bye, um, you got to give respect to New England in that sense. So, Yanni you know, is spot on. This is a team to watch. Um, so, nonetheless, I mean, I think uh, both teams would be ready, uh, but just given the pure numbers, you know, seven, more than seven, uh, makes a lot of sense. The total, what do you say, 48 and a half? I'm, I'm right in this 48 to 49 range, so I don't know, not for me.
0: Yeah, I don't have any thoughts on the total either. So uh, this is one I can't disagree with you guys. I mean, there's no doubt that Philadelphia is a better team all around than Minnesota. I mean, we don't really need to debate that. I will say that last week, I mean, losing to Tampa Bay is bad. We talked about, I think, Tampa Bay's defense is okay. And Minnesota had, uh, I mean, Cousins had two fumbles and an interception. They lost the turnover battle three to zero. I mean, they had he had 350 yards passing or something like that. So that's one of those games where I know I beat the turnover drum pretty often, but you have to think if they don't turn the ball over three times, they win that game and probably win it, you know, by by seven, at least, if not more. So I think that performance probably wasn't as bad as it looks when you look at the scoreboard. And I also, honestly, the thing that makes me, I'm not usually very positive on Minnesota. I actually wonder after the outcomes last week and what happened last year, I actually found myself thinking that maybe seven and a half was a spot to think about taking a shot on the Vikings. But I don't like Thursday night away from home. I mean, you know, that's just, it's too much. So. I think, I think this line is likely to stay around seven and a half. That seems right to me. Um, that was where I had lined it. I don't know either of you guys see the line moving or do you, do you think that's lined pretty, pretty well and and probably hangs around there?
1: I think it hangs right around there.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move on from Thursday. And I think the teaser leg thing is a good angle, uh, especially getting Philly down to just, they have to win, uh, seems like a good spot on a Thursday night at home to me. Yeah. Um, next up i have baltimore going to cincinnati and this has stayed at three and a half it was three and a half at three and a half now it did drop down to three just for a minute earlier today and then i went back to look again and it had gone back up to three and a half so we'll see if we get any threes on cincinnati and then the total though went from 47 and a half down to 45 and a half so we did drop two points on the total uh yanni what do you think when you uh look at baltimore and cincinnati this coming week after a a pretty brutal performance from the Bengals.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, this was kind of a look ahead game for me. And ironically, it it almost, I guess, I guess you would say it kind of worked against, against my favor, what I wanted. And that's because looking ahead, I liked Baltimore at plus three and a half in this game. Look ahead. Now, I think unfortunately with what we saw with the Bengals there, we're going to see a little bit of a rejuvenated Bengals team. So, you know, I, I think they're it's a little bit different. And I actually thought, you know, surprisingly, like you said, the line didn't move a whole lot based on that atrocious performance from the Bengals. That probably speaks to what we said. I think most people believe that they're going to get that figured out, and that was more of a, you know, a, a fluke type performance. But I I think that even though I hate it because it's almost seems like a, whatever you want to call it, a square overreaction to the Bengals. This is less about what we saw in week one. If the Bengals had beaten up on the Browns, I would still like the Ravens plus three and a half in this game. I actually might like a more had that happened as opposed to them losing that game in Cleveland, obviously, um, I just These teams play close games. We see it over and over again. And you kind of mentioned Cousins turning the ball over and that. The Ravens did a little bit of that too, and they let the Texans actually hang around for a little bit in the first half there before they kind of figured it out and got it going. But we saw signs of Baltimore being able to throw the football a a little bit. I mean, Zay Flowers got in on the action. I think Mark Andrews will be back. Obviously, that's a pretty key entry to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. Um, we know they lost Dobbins, but I mean, honestly, it, that was kind of a three-headed running back deal anyways there. So, you know, I, I don't know that that's like a critical loss. I mean, they're, they're pretty much used to not playing with Dobbins anyways at this point. So I, I just – I think that this game's going to be really close, and I think that this is one of those cases where you look at the hook and you say the hook could matter in this game. I mean, this very likely could be a Cincinnati field goal win, um, and, you know, when I look at that there, I mean, that to me is the most likely outcome of this game. And and when I'm looking at that and saying, OK, Baltimore has a reasonable shot to win this game. If they lose, there's a real good chance it's going to be by a field goal. So if you're getting that hook there, I think you can like Baltimore here. I hate the fact, like I said, that Cincinnati got blown off and I'm a little surprised that line didn't move. But I still think Baltimore is playable here. It just sucks because it seems like more of a a square public bet at this point with people (laughs) down on Cincinnati.
0: Yeah, it it is hard to know what to take away from that. I was looking at this game and if it gets back down uh, to three, I'm going to consider a bet on Cincinnati for what you said uh, in terms of like the bounce back and them coming out ready to play. But the thing that's likely to keep me off is I just wonder if Burrow is all the way healthy or not. It just looked so bad and that could be because he hasn't played. I mean, that's possible, but this is – one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's just pretty shocking to see him come out and play the way that he did. What did he end up with, like 82 yards passing or something like that? I mean, it was atrocious. So uh, it does feel like a spot where the Bengals bounce back to me, but, man, I just wonder if if he's healthy or if something's wrong um, or not. So, J.J., what do you think about this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> obviously, the, especially the first half, their their lack of being on red zone, was good for the under, you know, that Yanni got us on, (laughs) but um, certainly there was concern when I think they went up 10, nothing, you know, Cleveland went up 10, nothing and there was just no sign of life out of Cincinnati under duress and all that. Not the, not the finest showing. And then they, they waved the white flag. Right. So is this the opposite of what we saw out of say like uh, you know, Philadelphia, even though they were still kind of rusty going into the fourth quarter, but as you mentioned, Baltimore, against a team that they should work out pretty well. But, you know, to go back to that real quick, you know, they even noted a couple of times about the, the irresponsi- irresponsible nature of how Lamar was carrying the ball. You know, so is that just a matter of, uh, hey, week one, get them coached. You know, the the offensive coaches and Harbaugh, you know, kind of speaking more towards ball security. And you see a Baltimore team that is maybe in arguably in, in better form, even though, again, I didn't really – do too much against the Bengals, even though I think the question of, you know, Bur- Burrow's full abilities, full capabilities, given the, the leg issue, I think does deserve at least a temporary downgrade or at least a wait and see. But the condition, the, the, the bad juju against the dog pound, um, all that sort of thing, um, you know, almost makes it one of those where information is key. What are we seeing out of practice out of them this week? Um, whether they look to be back on track um, or not. So I think maybe that kind of tips your hands as to whether since he's going to be more game for the fight against a Baltimore team that is, is, is markedly improved um, and assuming that, that um, Lamar gets the, the, the ball security thing uh, a little better from week one to week two. I'm more on taking the points I do. Um, before last week, what we saw last week, uh, I would have leaned towards, you know, laying the three, not the three and a half, necessarily. Again, these are, you know, numerical um, changes on my end, but the three and three and a half, as we all know, are very key. I mean, that that half point is is, is critical, especially in this type of game. But just looking at current form and who may have n- knocked the rust off versus left more questions out on the field, you know, I think you certainly have to tip your cap to Baltimore. But it's all There's- price dependent.
1: There's one really quick point too to make here, and that's if you watched that Baltimore game, and I haven't watched it in its entirety in its entirety, but I did see uh, you know a fair amount of it. They were Baltimore was getting thrown on by C.J. Stroud, and you know we it, going into the season, I think we had talked, and I said if there was one concern on Baltimore that I really had, it was that secondary is not nearly as deep as it used to be and as good as it used to be and i watched robert woods coming off an acl injury with cj stroud getting open and making plays we saw nico collins make some catches so you look and you say okay t higgins caught no passes on sunday chase you know basically did nothing and then you've got tyler boyd who's traditionally been a ravens killer all of a sudden you're like is that the boiling point where we know higgins is going to get going boyd's always killed the ravens and you know we we know we got chase and we do have potentially that weaker ravens secondary is it a formula, you know, for the Bengals to maybe get things going?
0: Yeah, that's kind I mean, of what I, I wonder too. But
2: I, I have an I, X through this. <laughs> yeah, and, You know, after my it's evaluation stay away for
0: me for sure. Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, I'm very curious to so. see what we get out of these teams.
0: Yeah, yep. it'll be an interesting one. All right, let's move on to. Seattle at Detroit this is one of the big movers and we I mean Yanni you talked about Seattle and the egg that they laid in game one against the Rams so uh, Detroit was minus three on Sunday morning minus five and a half I'll have to check if that's still the case but they went to minus five and a half the total dropped one from 51 and a half to 50 and a half is that line movement warranted Yanni
1: I mean, I guess you could say it's warranted because of what we saw out of these teams. I, you know, I think in Detroit's case, they kind of are who we thought. Um, and, and I mean, they're a good team. I think we thought they, I think we said they should be favored to win the division. they have got a good offense. Defense should be a little bit better. Seattle, like I said, I've got concerns there, but I also I wouldn't say I've completely given up on them just yet. I I mean, obviously, if they come out and they look horrible again, then I think we have to start saying last year was a mirage for Geno Smith and this team just isn't going to be what we think they could be. I actually think this is going to be a pretty good game. I think it could be an exciting game. And to be honest, you mentioned a lot of these games going under in week one. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a little bit of a flip-flop in week two as some of these offenses like the Bengals or maybe the Seahawks get their footing a little bit. I mean, I think here's what I would say. I think the Lions are going to score points. I think they're going to score points against most teams at home. I think they're going to score points on the Seattle defense. The the, the Seahawks, they don't rush, rush the passer well. And we know what Jared Goff can do with a good offensive line there. So I think that the Lions are going to put some points up here. But I do think Seattle's going to find a little bit of footing on the offensive side of the ball. So with that kind of dropping under that key 51 number, it's a high number. But I think you could look at the over and at least consider it in this game. Um, And quite frankly, if it continues to drop, if it gets into the 40s, I probably will. Because I could easily see the Lions putting up 30 in this game. And, And like I said, I think it's going to be close.
0: JJ, your Lions one and How do you feel about uh this getting to five and, and and I will say I just looked and now there are sixes at minus one ten.
2: Jeez, I don't know, man. Yeah, I do see that. I do see that. Uh feel good about the Lions. I mean, just as a fan, it was pretty phenomenal. But you know, obviously, you know it, they did not have Kelsey and, and Jones, but it wins a win. And uh nonetheless, KC, I think, is still the team to beat. Um uh, but Detroit caught them at the right time and did what they had to do in regard to this, you know, the line move three to five and a half. Wow. You know, through the three and a half, through the four, through, the, through four. All right. So, uh, you know, I think Seattle probably more to do with that, but could be wrong. I mean, my Seattle number, you know, ticked down. Detroit actually stayed the same, ticked down about uh, about a quarter point. Um, so given the, given the situation, I think it was they did what they had to do. A um, little bit of talk, you know, here and there about, you know, not, you know, the offense being kind of sluggish. And I know Yanni and I were kind of frustrated with the lack of Gibbs. Um, but, you know, I mean, they did say they were going to try to they were trying to have Gibbs there for the playoffs. You know what I mean? Looking long term. Um, so you kind of wonder, like, were they playing the whole, you know, if there's no Kelsey, there's no, uh, you know, strong offensive threats other than Mahomes being the primary weapon. Are they content with slowing the game down, trying to reduce the number of possessions, and just run the the, the beautiful uh, three-yard run to a tee? Um, you know that whether that was intentional or just you know some sort of matter of uh, not real, being able to get anything more creative against Kansas City, I think it's more of the former. And I'm with Yanni. I mean, I think this is going to be a little more of an open game. Detroit's back at home. What are you going to get with this that extra the extra few days of rest in scheming for a completely different team? Um, so, I my number did adjust um, from a, just a tick above three, and then when you factor in last week's performances, a tick above four. Um, I'm not in the interest of 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 land five or six. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I, this is one at six that I'm getting interested in. To be honest, um, I, I think there is so much overreaction happening here to week one. You, you look at that Detroit Kansas City game, and and if I was a Lions fan, I'd be pumped too. It was a great win. It was a fun game to watch, and the the drops <laughs> from Mahomes like Kansas City could have won that game if Kadarius Tony could catch the ball, but he apparently can't.
2: Right, yeah, and JJ. and I'm, I hate to interrupt you, but that's the other thing though too is Mahomes ain't on the rookie deal anymore. He's got the big boy contract, for and you sure. have to make sacrifices. And Tony's that, you know, oh for four with four strikeouts or two for three with a three run home run and a double kind of guy, right? You know, he's meant to be kind of like a game breaker with mad skills, but he also lays a lot of eggs. And he definitely dropped three passes, but that's also the caliber of guy you you don't have Tyreek hill anymore you know that sort of thing but anyways that's right. just my introduction again no, they should have won that I game if he caught those balls
0: right Absolutely. but right so my point there is not to to diss on Detroit at all but my point is if those balls and I agree with all the points you're making about what they have to do in Kansas City but if if they win that game by seven I don't think this line is what it is even though that's not a bad loss right. and so I think that the Detroit's getting a bump because they took out Kansas City also Chris Jones signed now Who know and I mean like that doesn't matter for this game because the chiefs aren't playing in this game, it but like made the defense softer. <laughs> so I, I just think like Seattle's defense isn't great, but I had this game at two and a half uh, before I bumped it to three and a half. So at six, I feel like I start to have some interest. I, and deiani to your point, maybe, maybe Gino is just not anywhere close to what he was last year. Maybe Seattle's going to be that five and 12 team. We thought they were going to be last year and they just saved it a year and they're going to do it now. But until that, I'm willing to roll the dice on that at six against a Detroit team that I think is good and I I think looks good to win the NFC North after this this week number one. But I don't think they're far and away better if Seattle can be anything like what they thought we we were they were going to be preseason. So yeah, th- so plus is, six, I haven't bet it yet, but I'll definitely look at it.
1: I, yeah, I think this is definitely the classic overreaction spot. Um, you know, I, I expect this game to be close. Time. So I, I mean. When you're getting up to that six range, like you said, and, and you've got it pegged more at that three-and-a-half type range, I mean, you absolutely – I don't think anybody would fault you for pulling the trigger if you wanted to take the points of this one.
0: Yeah, and I think that over too. I thought the same thing. Like if Seattle has an offense, the over looks good in this game as well. Yeah, agreed. So if
1: if nothing else, I think you could look at the Lions' team total, and I don't know offhand what it is, but it's probably sitting at twenty six and a half, maybe maybe twenty seven and a half. I don't know. Um, but you know, I think that's like I said. I I I actually expect them to put up thirty points in this game for whatever that's worth.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's um. A couple of these we may go quicker too if we don't have a lot so you know we definitely are not cutting into bills come hell or high water so uh <laughs> so the next one kind of a, a dud on paper at least is indianapolis going to houston the line did move there indianapolis was plus one and a half and now they're minus one and it went from 41 to 40 that total dropped a little bit um yeah, Yanni. Any any thoughts on this one? Uh, don't care. Anything. What sticks out to you here?
1: I mean, you know, I I am gonna bet on this one. Um, I'm not gonna bet largely on this one. It'll probably be a half unit type bet. Uh, but I like Houston in this game a lot. I I think from what I saw, and and I know. I think that line moved a little bit because I think people saw some flash from Richardson where he looked really good. Um, There wasn't a whole lot of pizzazz from Houston overall. But like we said, they kind of battled the Ravens pretty hard for a while there. I think that at home, this is one of those games that Houston's going to win. Chances are when they play in Indy, Indy's probably going to win at home there. That's kind of my take on this. With that line moving, and I understand we didn't cross key numbers, but I like Houston to win this game. So, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, uh, you know, take the points here or, uh, you know, probably money line bet most likely. And, and you know, at least get a little bit on it here because I think that Houston defense is not bad. If you watch them play, they're not bad. And really their offense isn't bad either. They just have a rookie quarterback and their weapons aren't the most explosive in the world. But again, Indy doesn't have any weapons on offense at this point. And you kind of look at Indy's defense. They played well, I think, at spurts against Jacksonville. But it's like, are they going to get a DeForest Buckner, you know, touchdown on a fluke play? Are they going to, you know, you start looking at some of that stuff. I think this is Houston's game to win. So, you know, am I going to bet a lot on this? Absolutely not, because it's, it's, you know, two of the worst teams in the league. But I'm going to get in on Houston for a few bucks here.
0: I like Houston here as well. I think it's a good spot, and and I think their defense showed up, and I think against Indianapolis, they're probably going to look better than the Jags defense did uh, at home. I I also kind of like the under here. I don't think either of these offenses is dynamic, and I thought Indy's defense looked okay uh, for for decent spurts, so against a a less formidable offense, I think, I know the under is low, but I don't mind it.
1: Well, and and actually I eyed the under as well, but I'm going to pass on that. And really the reason I'm passing on that is I have turnover concerns in this game. Uh, Um, You know, and and I think that obviously with either team, you could get short fields and, you know, pick say, I mean, we saw stuff like that happen. So that's really my concern with the under there. And I realize that's probably not a great reason not to bet an under, but I think with the total for me that low, that's what concerns me here. So I'm going to stick with the home team and, and try to sneak out a win with Houston.
0: That makes sense.
1: That's
2: that's anything different for you, JJ? uh, I I agree. No thanks with the total. I'm with you. I mean, that's kind of what we saw with the Chicago game, right? Um, It was kind of slow going, but then there was some wonky, wonky plays that kind of flipped it around. Anyways, um, I'm there as well with Houston. Just small, you know, as far as like one and a half on their side. So I mean, I'm basically looking at flipping through the number. So, I'm not real excited about it, but you know, I, I would be on Yanni's side if I was in that game. So, um, but yes, DeForest Buckner, that was the moment where I looked over at my wife when they ran it back against Jacksonville. I said, The NFL's back, baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the NFL is back, baby. Um, well, all right, well, let's move it along to that Chicago team you just talked about who go to Tampa Bay. And this game definitely moved. So Tampa Bay was plus one and now minus three. So a four-point swing on this game uh, from 44.5 down to 43. JJ, what do you think about uh, this line movement? Is it warranted? What do you think about the game?
2: If, if you stripped out week one, I would have had this at uh, 1.7, Tampa Bay. I'm just really low on Chicago. As low as I am on Tampa Bay, apparently I'm lower on Chicago. Um, so moving up to three, I'm, I'm right there at three, two. Um, so not as big of a, an adjustment given my baseline coming into the season, um, but a pretty big adjustment as far as the betting line. So no, thanks.
0: Yanni you're, looks like you're on, on the same page. You
1: know, I, the line movement is warranted. I'm not sure if it's warranted that drastically because um, that's a pretty big move. I mean, essentially you're, you're moving over a field goal there. And and I don't know if that's warranted, but for me, this goes back to more of what we thought or talked about going into the season, which for me was, I need to see it from the bears because I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And at least in week one, I sure as heck didn't see it. And on the flip side, I said, you know, Tampa is one of those teams that they could hang around in the AFC South because I think their defense is, is still pretty good. And, you know, they have some weapons on offense, So I think, you know, that Bears defense did not really show up. Obviously, their offense didn't, you know, look, didn't look in sync at all. So I I hate the line movement here because obviously all the value is gone. But to JJ's point, if this were a week one game, I would have been all over Tampa. Um, just because, again, I think you had an undervalued Tampa squad and an overvalued Chicago squad. And actually, when I say it would have been all over, that's probably a lie because I probably, <laughs> it probably would have been a wait and see just because yeah, I, right, like, right, right, Especially right. with the Bears, you know, I wanted to kind of wait and see is the hype real with Justin Fields? Is this defense going to be improved? And I'm not going to read too much into one week, but I do think when you look at this here, this is Tampa's game to win. And I think for me, I, I believe the Tampa point total is 21 and a half, if I'm not mistaken, or 22 and a half. Um, anything under 23, I'm probably going to take that with Tampa here. And I realize that's that's it's rolling the dice a little bit with Baker Mayfield. But I think that they have enough weapons against that Bears defense that they're going to run the ball a little bit better than they did against the Vikings. Um, and I think that that's going to allow – Evans and Godwin to do what they do and I think Mayfield will do enough and who knows they may even get some defensive work like Green Bay did there and I I think you know this Bears defense at the end of the day is not good so if you can get a team's total under 23 playing them especially at home I think you know I'm always going to at least look at an option like that so that's certainly something I've got I've got some interest in.
0: And that total dropped again. I just looked at it's down to 41 and a half. So maybe the team totals keep coming down as well. Yep. Uh, so I'm on the other side on this one. I bet Chicago at plus three. Um, and I don't, I don't like Chicago. I mean, I'm not high on Chicago. I'm not a fields truther by any means. But I look at the way that these two games played out last week. And yes, Chicago got run by Green Bay. But I think Green Bay does have a really good defense. Uh, there there's some wonky stuff in that game, whatever. It, it went the wrong way for him. To me, it's more about Tampa. I was really low on Tampa coming into this year, and um, I'm wondering if I have enough reason to bail on that take after one week. And a few of the reasons why I don't think I do, one is what I said about the turnovers in that game against Minnesota. I think Tampa Bay is going to get overvalued off of that performance. Um they They still scored seventeen points against what last year was an atrocious defense. So I'm not sure how good their offense is. Baker Mayfield took care of the ball. He doesn't normally do that very well. Um and even going into week one, I said what Baker does, he goes and has one or two good performances, and then he falls apart. Well, maybe he'll have two good performances <laughs> before he falls apart. you know, so maybe they they get it done this week, but when it when it swung all the way out to that field goal to me, I just look at this being two not very good teams. And I, the bears definitely were overvalued going into week one, but it feels like a swing back the other way to me. Um, and I just still really don't believe in Tampa. So if you're going to give me a full field goal between these two teams, I just felt like it was worth taking. So I, and I didn't go huge on this either. You know, it was for one unit, but um, I did take the bears at plus three. So mm. we'll see if I look the fool come next Sunday. Um, all right, let's keep moving along here. This should be a good one. Kansas city at Jacksonville. Uh, this has stayed at two and a half, minus two and a half for Kansas City. The total's gone from 50 actually up to 51. I'll double check and make sure that stayed the same. Uh, JJ, what do you think about this? And and part of this too is like, do you see, you know, what do you think about the game? But do you see these lines moving as we go through the week too? Uh, is it, you know, is this something you get ahead of on one side or the other?
2: Yeah. What'd you say the, the look ahead on this one was minus
0: two and a half? It, it was minus two and a half Sunday morning and it is. Unless it's changed now, it's still minus two and a half. It's
2: three. It's three, three right. Yep, now. It's
0: gone to minus three. Yep.
2: Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, Chris Jones is signed, but, you know, we'll find out as far as, you know, his full effect. Is it kind of like uh, Bosa for um, San Francisco as far as, you know, kind of being on a pitch count? Uh, but you still have the question about Kelsey. So I'm really curious about that. You know, I think there was a statement earlier about him – looking better or something to that effect, but, you know, nothing super firm, you know, about his return. And I think as we saw, um, let's just say Tony catches two out of the three of the three that he would get next week and does. Okay. You know, like how big of an effect is Kelsey still? I mean, I think from the opener we saw it was a significant effect to the uh, offensive game plan, but it was also a sudden effect to the offensive game plan. It was pretty um, as close to game time as it got given that they were preparing for a few months. So that's something that I'm still waiting for. Um, Otherwise, I think without him, you know, I think he would take the three. Uh, But, you know, I I need to know whether he's going to be in or not. He's such a pivotal part of of the entire operation. But you have to be – I mean, Trevor Trevor Lawrence has to be a little concerned after what Indy did um, to be so disruptive to that offense and what Kansas City can do. Um, With Chris Jones back and just having a a probably I think it's fair to say, even though Kansas City has notoriously been known for, you know, giving up points, um, you know, that tide has has shown some some signs of life, whether it's personnel, but also metrics that this is a better uh, defense than in previous years and should be a step up from what um, they got out of Indianapolis.
0: Yanni, what are your thoughts on uh, what is at least a high-profile game in Week 2?
1: This is going to be one of the, I think, fun games of the weekend. And I'll tell you this, I'm taking the over. Um, I, I think, you know, I, I hate to give out. I, that's multiple overs I've given out here, and I hate to do that. But, um, but I, I'm taking the over in this game. I think we are going to see a lot of points on both sides of the ball. Um, now, obviously, J.J. mentioned Kelsey is critical to that. If Kelsey is a no-go then, you know, I think you got to look at that separately, but to JJ's point signs are pointing to him coming back this week. So again, I think, you know, if you want to get ahead of that line, I think when Kelsey's announced in, if he is, that number is going to jump up a point or two. So, I think, you know, for me, knowing that he's trending in, I'm taking the over here. Again, I think both teams are going to score a lot in this game. Um, You know, to me, this kind of has a making similar to that Dolphins-Chargers game. Um, you know, just kind of as far as how it's going to go. I think to JJ's point, too, we're going to see guys like Tony and Sky Moore maybe make some plays they didn't make in the opener there. Um, We know the Jags offense can can score, so, you know, at home, I think it's going to be a good game. I just think there's going to be a lot, a lot of scoring in this one.
0: Yeah, Ridley was a beast, by the way, right? I mean, oh, man, we man. talked about him coming back with a vengeance, and he did that. <laughs> that was Save impressive. It,
1: you, you know, it's funny. I wanted to take a victory lap because in my preseason article, I said Ridley's the guy you got to get on your fantasy team. But then Money. I also, re- I also remember that I had Kadarius Tony in that article too. So I'm <laughs> gonna, better, 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 just you know, take the one and one in there and move on. So.
0: Yanni, do you not know that this is how Twitter works? You victory lap the things you get right, and then you just let the rest fade into oblivion and just pretend it never really happened. True. That's how that
1: Cody, I don't remember that. Did I, say I don't that? remember saying that. <laughs>
0: go, go adjust that article, Yanni. Um, yeah, so I, this is another one. I bet Kansas City minus two and a half already. Uh, when I saw that two and a half, I wanted to get on it. I, I think even without Kelsey, uh, again, all the mistakes could happen again. But I, I feel like Kansas City was on the precipice of still – I mean, I just think this is still one of the best teams in the league. And I'm concerned, like I said before – about Jacksonville's defense and with Chris Jones back I do think there can be some pressure coming from that Kansas City front on Trevor Lawrence and not that he can't escape it and make some plays he can and he's got good playmakers but I I really like Kansas City in this game and I like it at minus three I I would get it at minus three because I do think if Kelsey's in it goes to three and a half probably Um, and so you end up not getting that hook Um, now if he's rule I don't know could it come back to two and a half I suppose it's possible um, and I do like the over. I also, depending on where it opens, wouldn't mind the Kansas city team total over on its own in case, um, that Jaguars, again, the Jaguars offense, while they had their moments that looked great until the end of that game, they were pretty stymied by the Colts. And that just has me a little bit scared, uh, on their offense week to week. So I, I don't mind the over, but I, I don't mind the Kansas city over too. Uh, kind of high on them this week, I guess. That's fair. So. All right. uh, Next up is Green Bay and Atlanta. This went from Atlanta minus one and a half to plus one because Green Bay is awesome uh, after destroying Chicago. And the total went from 41 and a half to 41. So, uh, Yanni, thoughts on this barn burner?
1: I mean, first of all, I I don't think there was any reason for line movement here. Um, You know, like you said, uh, Green Bay took care of business. They beat the Bears, whatever. I we're not getting key numbers either way. This didn't move, you know, in front of or behind a three or anything like that. So to me, I have no feelings any different than I would have really a week ago or, or this morning. Um, I, I don't like this game just in the sense of, I, I want to see Green Bay, I want to see more from them. And, and I know that it, they eventually ended up laying it on the Bears there and good for them but I want to see more and same thing on the Falcons. So I think the Falcons are a lot of what we talked about in the off season, which is they're improved defensively. They have some weapons. We know they can run the football, but what is Desmond Ritter? And I don't like Ritter in this game. I think that he could be a potential liability here. Um, But I also don't like this green Bay team going into that dome. It's just, it doesn't have a great feel as far as a matchup standpoint, so for me this is a pass i I think I'm staying completely away at this point
0: JJ what do you think Shady here said what do you think of Atlanta plus a hundred versus Atlanta. Green Bay do you feel plus any 100. differently than Yanni
2: I, I I think I would take Atlanta versus Green Bay you know compared to Green Bay especially what are they plus yeah right so even money but no I, I have no interest i'm I'm in the same boat I want to see um. You know, both these teams play again. Yeah, definitely. They, I they each. I mean, they Atlanta each, was.
1: Yeah, sorry, JJ. I was just going to say. I mean, they each beat a bad team. Yeah. So, how much did we really learn right. about what what we're getting here?
2: And they were they were pretty kind of ugly games until you know the Green Bay you know the landslide started to to work in their favor you know against Chicago, but it was really kind of a a grindy first half. As was the other game, so yeah, I want to see more out of these teams. Again, kind of uh, not that I would call Green Bay a, a bottom feeder by any means, but they're heading, you know, in the opposite direction of Atlanta franchise or uh, you know season over season wise. Uh, but you know, have they converged or is Atlanta you know starting to pass them? I think that's the question. This is another week to try to get that answer.
0: Yeah, I don't give a shit about this game. Uh, All right. <laughs> we're going to move on. All right, uh, the next one up, a little tougher to talk about because Buffalo hasn't played. Maybe, you know, just any quick thoughts. Uh, Vegas goes to Buffalo. I mean, it stayed at minus nine and a half. We haven't seen Buffalo yet, so that's not surprising. 47 and a half, uh, the total. Any quick thoughts on that one?
1: You know, I'll just say, I mean, I think a lot of it, you know, we'll kind of see what Buffalo has here. That, that game is a pass for me and not just because of my conflict of interest, but I think the bills played a lot of one score games. So, you know, I, I think if I'm looking at that, you have to take the points. I, you know, if you put a gun to my head and say, bet this game, I'm taking the, I'm taking the points with the Raiders. I talked about how, you know, at the beginning with Denver, I mean, they, the Raiders looked okay. Like, you know, they looked like a competent football team, maybe not great, but they look like they at least aren't a team that's going to get run over. So I think that yep. that's tough going across the coast and and you know playing in in a tough environment like that. But again, we saw the Bills play a lot of one score games and and you know that many points. I, I would say if I had to, and I'm not going to, but if I had to, I'd take the Raiders.
0: I'm on the same page with you, Jan. like, and I'm not going to bet it either. I think it's fine. I want to leave it alone. But if I had to bet it, I would bet the Raiders there as well. Yeah, JJ, any any thoughts from you
2: on that one it was the best of times it was the worst of times with Jimmy G last week cuz i was on the raiders also in the raiders in the pool and it looked pretty ugly there but somehow they turned it around but yeah this is a totally different different ball of wax i, I, yeah, I want to see a ball little ball different tonight, obviously Well, but, it, um, i
1: yeah. will say this for the not necessarily for this game and wager but sneaky good acquisition getting jacoby myers to go opposite yeah. of Devontae wow. adams on that team i mean he he looked really. I mean, he didn't catch a ton of passes, but he looked really good out there. And I think having that person opposite of Adams, um, you know, that, that you can rely on. I mean, that's big.
2: I I agree. I agree. I was pretty impressed. I I, I was. There were drives where I was completely impressed by the Garoppolo to um, Adams connection, without a mm-hmm. doubt. And Myers was yeah. making good plays, but yeah, they just they seemed to be in sync. You know, obviously, you got to take. Um, the lumps that, to go with it there with with Jimmy trying to force it there down in the red zone where they could have gotten a field goal. But um, yeah, I think they they are interesting to keep uh, to keep an eye on. And if anything, they were our best friend to keep Kansas City's divisional chances um, in the driver's seat.
0: There you go. Uh, one thing to keep an eye out for this week is Jacoby Myers did get injured in that game. I, I just went to try to look okay. and see any information about it, and looking quick, I couldn't find anything about. Did he not come? curious it is!
1: Did he not come back in that game when he went out? Oh, did he?
0: I, I, don't, I maybe I like I'm
1: not positive on that, but I thought he came back in.
0: Okay, that's possible. Yeah, just yeah. something to something to look at. Uh, because I agree that was a good pickup for sure. Yeah, good so, good point, though. I didn't,
1: I didn't I don't know for sure. That's a good question to look yeah. at for sure. Yeah, go look it up, people. Discussion.
0: We can't tell you all the injuries, you gotta look up some of it for yourself.
1: Well, and let's all just hope that he's out for week two and returns in week three. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. that's, <laughs> right, that's, that's right, that's right. But, yeah.
0: You and yeah. Shady are gonna be enemies next week. <laughs> I'm not worried about this. So
1: <laughs>
0: all right. Uh, Chargers, Titans, Chargers minus three. Once wow. again, apparently the Chargers are gonna just be minus three every week uh 46 and a half goes down to 45 and a half jj any thoughts on the chargers and titans at this oh my line
2: gosh no no not really i i just i don't know about the chargers <laughs> it's just the same shit every Pardon me same same stuff every year
0: any, i don't know any thoughts on this one
2: um so first of all shady said myers went
1: out for the game to the tunnel yep. so he, yep. he probably definitely has the inside view he would know view, yep. so yeah yeah <laughs> Um, I, I actually do have a thought on this game, and I'll tell you, I I hate fading the Titans. Um, you know, because for no matter what, they always seem to hang around. Um, case in point, this week they kind of hung around. But if you watched that game, and I caught quite a bit of that game, I had it on one of my side TVs. Rough stuff that offensive line is as bad as we thought. And, you know, I went in and I'm like, Hey, look, you know, they got a draft pick in there. You know, they, they swapped out a couple guys, like maybe it won't be the worst in the league, right? Maybe they will be 25th instead of 32nd or something like that. They they might be as the worst in the league. I mean, that offensive line was bad. Tannehill was under constant pressure. He looked awful. And and you can't, I couldn't fault him. I mean, you would watch him drop back and it was like, oh shit, here comes, you know, whatever. So you look at that and you see Bosa and Khalil Mack and these guys come into town. And that has to worry me if I'm a Titans fan in this game. I mean, maybe they can get Derrick Henry going and, you know, kind of keep the sticks moving and, and do it that way. But that worries me. So I think when I look at this, and right now I've got, uh, at least up on Bovada, uh, I've got the Chargers minus three and a half, and I don't like that. But at mm. minus three, uh, without the hook and obviously potential for a push, I think the Chargers get in the win column here because I think they're going to overwhelm that offensive line. And again, I hate fading the Titans, especially in a home game spot like this. Um, but unless Henry runs for 200 yards, which is possible, that could happen. If that doesn't happen, I just think they're going to overwhelm Tannehill. I think we could see some interceptions, some fumbles, things like that, and hopefully Brandon Staley and his coaching staff can can not completely botch something here and and get it done.
0: Yeah, I'll just say on the Chargers, um, I'm a – I think I may go bet this uh, as soon as we're done. It, it's moving to three and a half. There's a minus one eleven at Bet Rivers right now and minus three. Um, but I, I think it's going to move to that half. Those reasons you said, Yanni. I feel the same way. Um, I mean, it, it makes me feel like New Orleans is like we thought, not going to be amazing uh, the <laughs> way the way that they handled that game offensively. So um, that that. That's a good look, I think.
1: Well, it so. is fair to – one other thing it's fair to point out, we talked about Jacoby Myers. Eckler did get dinged up in that game. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I know he – okay. but I think they said his status for practice this week is questionable. I think that's just something to monitor. You know, again, though, I – you kind of look at that, though. I don't know that you run all that well on Tennessee anyways. So I think, if anything, it's going to be a passing-type game to begin with for the Chargers. So you know, I, I think again, I just I think Tannehill is is in for a rough game in this one.
2: I yeah, I struggle with the you know the the full game total um, with this, just given kind of how polar I won't say polar opposites, but I think both teams are on opposite ends of the spectrum, I guess, when it comes to you know offensive production. Is this more of a Chargers team total thing? If you have that, if you if you're looking towards mm. points and less about. Um, whether they're gonna, you know, do bonehead things and let Tennessee back in the game, even though I have to agree with you guys in terms of um, the way it looks on paper, this should be much more than three. But even my numbers kind of keep it closer to three. I kind of wonder if the team totals maybe a better perspective. That's yeah, a thought.
0: Yeah, that is all right. Uh, next up, San Francisco goes to the Rams. This went from San Francisco minus six and a half to minus seven. Again, I will check and make sure that's still there. It's at eight forty at 40. Now. It's what? It's at 8 on
1: Bovada. Oh,
0: there it is. Yeah. Uh, I got in on a teaser on this one already, at least. Uh, JJ, it sounds like you did as well. Yanni, yeah. I don't know if you've done... Did you yeah. do anything with this one yet?
1: Yeah, I've got the Eagles and Niners teased.
0: So. Oh, yeah. There you <laughs> yeah. go. There you go. Yeah, uh, Who else did I te- Oh, no, you know what I did? This gets further on, but I did a Giants, uh, Giants-Niners money line parlay that was Ooh. minus 111, so... Uh, Resurrection. You know, kind of similar. Yeah. Any any thoughts on this one? Quick. uh Again, I you know I think this is likely a Niners beat down. The Niners look great. I think the Rams probably overperformed. Now they have to play a real defense.
1: Yeah. I think yep. Stafford. Kind of like we said with
0: Tannehill, this could be a this could be a rough go for Stafford in this one. Yep. uh Anything to add, JJ, on that one, or should we yep. move along? Agreed. All right. Uh, let's go to that Giants game. So the Giants went from minus five and a half to minus four and a half. The total from 39 to 38 <laughs> and a half. We're looking at no points in this game. Here's here's my thought on this one. Um, yes the Giants just got steamrolled. However the beginning of that game they moved the ball well on their first drive and then they had that blocked field goal that was run back for a touchdown and And I think they would have gotten, you know, manhandled by that defense from Dallas anyway. Dallas's offense looked good, not unbelievable. So I think that game ends up quite a bit closer if you don't get off to such a terrible start. I think Brian Dayball is a great coach, and the Giants just aren't going to be outmatched. It looked to me in that game uh, last night like you've got one guy who runs like a 10 second hundred meters and then you got me running against him and it's like, what the hell are you gonna do you know i mean let me run 30 meters and maybe i can come close that there's just not going to be the talent gap between the cardinals and the giants that there was and i have a lot of faith in dayball i think after getting humiliated like that they're going to want to bounce back so i think the the giants roll here actually um any thoughts from you guys on this game with the cardinals
2: I think it's important, very important, for the host and producer to pander to its audience. So you need to make sure to give the Cowboys enough props. <laughs>
0: the Cowboys late. Let me just let me just read this. Uh, we have, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL. That is not an overreaction. And Pig, you can reach out to me anytime. It's a one one man band here, so <laughs> it's the producer too. <laughs> the Cowboys did look like, hey, I already I already took the Cowboys over. I already said they're going to give the Eagles a run for their money in the NFC East. I don't know what you want from me, man.
2: All right. That's it. Any Super other uh,
0: Giants-Cowboys talk?
2: Well,
1: I mean, enough said about the Cowboys. I mean, they, you don't have to say anything. They said it for themselves with anybody who watched that beat down for however long people could tolerate it. Um, I I'm with you a hundred percent. I love the giants this week and I'm on operation fade the Cardinals. And I know they, they gave Washington all they could handle. And I, I got to admit, I was pretty nervous about that teaser there, but I'm on operation fade the Cardinals here, Josh Dobbs. I mean, he is in a no-win situation there. I mean, he's not great to begin with. So you look at that, and I think you're right. I think the Giants rebound here big time. Um, and one other thing, and, and I could be wrong, so someone feel free to correct me, but I don't think the Cardinals won a home game last year. I think they lost every game at home. Um, so it, they have no home field advantage, essentially. So it's not even like you'd say, ah, well, Giants are going on the big deal. Um, you know, I think when you look at this, this is the Giants game to bounce back. Like you said, th- this is... Uh, Whatever that 27 to 10 Giants win that they come back and they kind of reestablished that they're at least a legitimate NFL franchise because
0: they didn't look like it against Dallas. No, they did not. Uh, they won, let's see, one, I think they won one home game. One, home they beat game. New okay. Orleans last year, uh, but that oh, was a right. Thursday night too. Yeah, that was the Andy Dalton.
1: Oh. P- yeah, that's right. That's
2: right. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Poor
0: Andy. Um, <laughs> now, Pig thinks it's a good show. Now that we got the the Cowboys <laughs> loving here, I see, ya, I see you. Um, JJ, any other thoughts for you on the Cardinals and Giants?
2: No, I'm with I'm with you guys um, it's as far as who's legit and who's not. But I, is this like a Cardinals team total under sort of thing? Here, I'm asking dumb questions. Sorry. Let's move on.
0: we just we're down to like 10 minutes before game time so uh all right let's go through we got like five games left we're gonna go quick uh Jets and Dallas obviously this line stayed the same because we haven't seen anything from the Jets Dallas minus three at home 46 and a half any strong feelings and again especially part of this is like um if you have any strong feelings on where you think lines might move during the week too any any strong feelings on this one
1: this is the cowboys and this is not an overreaction you know this was something in a look ahead line before the cowboys put that beat down on the giants they are going to do not quite what they did to the giants but they are going to have their way i think with the jets in that game
0: you heard it here that's enough for me jj thoughts on any any thoughts on that one
2: i'm trying to get this cowboys bet in before kickoff <laughs> <laughs>
0: got some things to get in love yeah, it stuff. all right Let's go uh, to Washington and Denver then. This line has stayed at minus three and a half for Denver from 41 and a half to 40 and a half. This is another game that uh, I just I don't really care about. I don't know if Denver is going to beat anyone by three and a half ever (laughs) or four. But, uh, man, no excitement for me on this one. Either of you? No, this is a pass. JJ, Pass. Pass. Three to go. Miami, New Okay, this one's interesting. we got to spend at least like two minutes. Miami, uh, minus two and a half. That stayed the same. 44 and a half. It's going up to 45 and a half. Uh, JJ, what do you see for, for this game as a high-powered offense from Miami goes to what looks like a dominant defense with New England?
2: I know, right? I mean, I'm I'm stuck... On the total, I kind of have this is again, you have a a stronger under team in New England, you know, down around the forty-two side, and you have a Miami team that tends more towards the 49. Although, you know, we talked about it kind of the questions um, as far as whether Miami was going to have a good enough off- offensive line to put up points. I uh, kind of gotta wonder whether that was more about the situation and or the Chargers' ability to execute compared to what we might see more of taking place this week, if there is still that vulnerability against the New England, uh, defense, which we, you know, we're saying to look out for, um, got to wonder about, um, you know, being able to cover this too.
0: Yeah. Yanni, let me ask you quick. Uh, the total's up to 47 and a half. Right. I have this at 42 or 42 and a half as well. Any thoughts for you?
1: Yeah. I lean way under on this. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, if, if not, if, if at the very least dolphins team total under, I think that, what we saw last week, and I alluded to it at the top here, is Brandon Staley's coaching staff playing man coverage on Hill and <laughs> Waddle and not adjusting after getting torched for a half of football. So Bill Belichick's not going to make the same mistake there. I think that this game is probably going to be a 23-20 to 20, that kind of game and we saw when these two teams played last year I think the first week it was 20 to 17 or something like that I think they played in week one or two last year Um, and then later in the year it was again another low scoring game so I'm on the under on this I don't have a strong feeling on the spread just because I think Miami's the better team but we we talked about New England and uh, you know at home I don't love that so for me I'm looking under on this game
0: yeah, sorry I'm not paying attention. I'm just betting the under. <laughs> yeah, hey, get it. Uh, this is one that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me. I think Miami's going to actually struggle a little bit offensively here. They are super explosive, but if you can take away their primary weapons, I think that they could struggle some, and that's exactly what Bill Belichick does. Um, and I still am not totally so sold on New England's offense. I think they might be better than I thought, but I- I'm not super yeah. afraid of them, so I like it. It's fair. All right, uh, New Orleans, Carolina. New Orleans went from minus one to minus three. Um, the total went from forty-two and a half to forty and a half. I know we are running out of time before game time. Strong feelings on this one or no?
2: Pass.
1: Yeah, it's it's a pass for me too. I, I liked New Orleans on the look ahead. Unfortunately, I didn't bet it at three. I don't like it as much. I do think that. Carol, I mean, I think, first of all, let me just say, I think Bryce Young has a future in the league. I mean, he showed some poise. He showed some, you know, a little bit of good things here and there. But overall, that Panthers offense is just not good. I think they're going to struggle to yeah. score points every week. Um, and I don't think this week is any exception. I mean, if you told me I had to bet it, I would take New Orleans. But at three, I don't, I don't really like it. If, if it goes to two and a half, I'll probably get in on it. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think if anything, we'd see three and a half.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, Yanni. I wouldn't mind New Orleans straight up, but I, I man, I don't have a lot of faith in them after what I saw last week. So, no. all right, well, let's end with this. It's a barn burner. Cleveland to Pittsburgh. This went from Pittsburgh minus one to Pittsburgh plus one and a half, 43 and a half down to 42 and a half. Quick thoughts on this one, JJ? Or does this kind of feel like a stay away for you as well?
2: This is another, I got to see these teams play again. Um, Especially if Jack Conklin's out for for Cleveland, you know, a big part of that offensive line, which is its its uh, hallmark. Especially given our skepticism whether Watson's going to be even seventy percent of the guy we got in prime in Houston. So I'm staying away. I want to see these teams operate again. Another division grindy uh, divisional matchup. Um, I'll watch. Yanni, you same. I don't. I I, I don't know if Cleveland.
1: I got to see that defense again. Um, And then obviously I think with Pittsburgh, we got to see is what we saw a result of a really good San Francisco defense and, you know, week one rust, whatever you want to call it, or is their offense really not that good? And I don't think we fully know the answer to this yet. I can tell you this. I think Pittsburgh wins the game. Um, I think they come away with a win here, but, (laughs) but yeah, no, I think Pittsburgh wins here, but I'm not, I'm not betting on that though.
0: Yeah, I'm not betting on it either. I, I don't know what to think of these teams right now. I think I'll just watch this yeah. one and see.
2: Yep. Yeah.
0: All right. Hey, before we cut it and go watch some football real quick, uh, do you have a best bet for tonight or just watching? I, I'm mostly
1: watching. I have Dalton Kincaid over reception prop at two and a half. Um, you know, it's a little risky because kind of like Jameer Gibbs on that Thursday night game, we don't know if he's going to get 27% snap share like Gibbs did. Um All signs point to him being a pivotal part of the offense here. So I think he catches three, four passes. But again, you know, it's play at your own caution based on the fact that what we saw with Jameer Gibbs could happen with Kincaid here. But as far as the game, I'll be honest with you, and I I hope I'm not, uh, I hope I'm just reading a little bit into it, but I watched this Jets team really bully the Bills a year ago, and I don't know that that's not going to happen again. I hope it doesn't. But um, I, I think, you know, if you're looking at me, I'm staying away. I would take the points. But, Tasty, I know you said you like the Bills here, and I'm hoping you're on the right side.
0: JJ, anything for you? I
2: uh, tailed Yanni on the Kincaid prop, and a week and a half ago when we did your show, I went ahead and jumped on that minus two and a half to get out ahead of things. Here I am, (laughs) two and a half, three months into the market. So (laughs) we're riding, baby.
0: I thought so, too. I I feel fine about it still. I mean, I I, I think this will be a good game um but again i I just i think the bills are a better team right now and especially early on in a new season where there's way more continuity in buffalo than there is in in new york so i like it and then the other thing is i took uh i took josh allen anytime touchdown at plus 185 too i think he had two or three against the jets last year uh the weather looks like it could be or could have been a little bit rainy but uh So it's something just fun to watch too, right? I didn't put a lot of money on it, but it's something fun to cheer
2: for. So Amen.
0: that's where I'm at. All right. Well, hey, uh, thanks for joining and uh, tailgating. Now let's go, uh, let's go watch some football and cheer on those bills. <laughs> go Bills. Have a good night, fellas.
2: Take care, guys.